0: I'm Charlie Taylor.
1: I'm Vencada and I had a screwdriver around here somewhere, but I can't find it. I need my screwdriver.
0: <laughs> so just what a way to begin. Well my it's zipper very got stuck. By this episode. Look, my zipper's just... stuck
1: at the top and I thought, well, you're always talking about and I I don't it goes up but it won't go down. Why why won't it go down? So I got a <laughs> screwdriver to try and pry it open, but I can't find my screwdriver.
0: This is either the best intro ever or the worst intro ever Possibly,
1: Potentially the worst
0: <laughs> uh, And the funny thing is I had a joke But I feel like you've just topped my joke By being completely honest About where, you, where you're you at right
1: now
0: <laughs> <laughs> My apologies 900 to the 5th element i wow. <laughs> wow, highlight the 5th element Hip hop which is knowledge And we are 50 baby. And I got major dry mouth. Hi Ben, how's your week? Ben, what have you listened to this week?
1: Uh, this week, this week. Wow, we've got a lot of albums here. Whole great week. Gosh,
0: great week. Re- Very Reason. good week.
1: Reason dropped Top a new five album week. called Porsches, and it's Porches. good. Porsches. It's one of the rare albums that the second half skates on the first half, bro. Like the first half is a bit of a bit of a sleep. There's a couple of decent tracks on here. Junie's on here. But then the second half, bro, pretty much from maybe gang shit, no, 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 maybe like too much. I don't know. It just it just it just gets better and better and better. The track with Ray Vaughn is inc- that's the best track on the album. It's, it's unbelievable. I felt like anyway, um, I've got dochi on here. like it, it's a solid solid album. There is a lot of Kendrick influence. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not going to lie. There are tracks that I'm like, oh, yeah, that's you or that's this or that's that. Like, that's okay. It was,
0: I think he had a bar where he mentioned Kendrick. I don't know. Like, potentially. Somewhere potentially.
1: in there. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me. But it's good, man. It's it's my favorite Reason project. Um, I have been vocal about not being the biggest Reason fan as an MC. But as a persona and a personality on, on Twitter and Instagram, well, I don't follow him on Instagram, but on Twitter, very funny. Very funny, like great dry humor, like I quite like him. So, you know, it is what it is. We're gonna talk about it in a second. But yeah, I enjoyed the album and I I enjoyed it a lot. I I would recommend people listening to it. Again, I I feel like this was where TDE should go. Like put out lots of product, and don't put all this pressure on these massive releases just be like because you know this album is the first album in so long so it's got to be uh, anyway we'll talk about it but anyway i enjoyed it backward sweetie uh ancestral aspect she produced this whole thing she produced this entire project um i mean what can you say about backward sweetie unbelievable fucking mc genuinely incredible and i feel like she's just continuing to level up her artistry there are spoken word sections on here there are all sorts of things. It's only what one, two, three... Four. It's four tracks. It feels like an album, bro. Like this, this person is an incredible fucking MC. If you've never listened to backwards, you just go listen to it right now. Do yourself a favor. No name dropped. Sundial. I've listened to it t- maybe three times. Um, just got to skip that J L X verse. No idea why. I just, I just don't get it. I, I, I will need someone to explain. Why Jay Elect keeps popping up on albums and just spewing out hatred because it's just it's not it doesn't sit well in this album. The rest of the album is great. Um, it's a little bit more low key than I anticipated. I was expecting some sort of bombastic Chicago sound like we've heard in the past with uh, Telephone and Room Twenty Five. Is that where the other album is? I'm not going to Google that. Um, incredible, man! It's just inc- it's a it's a really really solid album. I think it's gonna. Unfurl upon repeat listens, which is very rare in today's, you know mainstream music Uh, Not that no no names the most mainstream artists in the world, but no, I enjoyed it a lot Um, It's a warm album And there are some incredibly important messages on here that I want to dive into more as the year progresses This is one of those ones like Denzel's last Denzel curry last year um, Saba last year for example These are albums I'm going to sit with for the rest of the year and they're just going to get better with time. I genuinely feel that way. Fredo dropped Unfinished Business and it's fucking amazing. There was a track on here that sounded like early 2000s. Where is it here? I forget what the song was, but like it's incredible, man. Like, I felt like Trackmasters produced this shit from 2002, and I reckon that's exactly what he's it got. is. There it is. the Trackmasters.
0: Reference. Would it be a 50th, 50th celebration without Trackmasters. Trackmasters? Top three producers of all
1: time. Nah, this is Come good, on. This is good. Uh, message is great. My Story, 9 minutes and 25 seconds is a long fucking song. I love UK rap and how they. They, a lot of artists are starting their, their albums with just these like seven, eight, nine minute just fucking narrative. It's brilliant. So no, nah, I, I enjoyed that a lot. I recommend that fully. Um, Clip. I have never listened to Clip before. Uh, she dropped a project entitled, what is it called here? It's very freaking good. Um, I enjoyed it a lot. I think you should check it out. Appetizer. Just that's kind of SoundCloud 2015, 2016 like. Wall of electronic noise, wall of electronic haze. I, I enjoyed that. Pgf Glizzy Mo dropped a project called wrapping and Drilling, and it's good, man. It's bangers. Um, it's quite short, I think. Uh, let's see how long it is. Here. It's only twenty minutes, and flies by. I kind of wish it was longer. It's it's um, it's stacked with bangers. I enjoyed that a lot. Uh, what else? Ytb Fat also, who is Fat? It's called another. He's Money Bag Yo around Money Bag Yo. Uh, so that kind of vibe great I enjoyed it a lot uh, sorry I'm scrolling as I go gloss up shades of gloss yes 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 just fucking slaps straight-up fucking slaps uh, rich baby mama thick she and me feeling myself pop that go off pretty these are just like is exactly what you want to listen to on I was listening to it last night Sunday night had a terrible day and I just wanted someone to come in someone imperious just to be like, fuck the world, I'm the greatest fucking person ever, fuck everyone else, I'm so great. And that's how I felt about Gloss Up, brilliant album. Humble Souls, okay, this is, now we're going to get into albums I didn't really enjoy. So Humble Souls is a project with DJ Clue and Young Rock Nation artists. Um, I've got Ruben Vincent on here, uh, RJ, uh, Huey V, um, Vic Mentz was on here. I didn't even clock that, I don't know how I didn't clock that guap <sighs> dad four thousands on here the second half is significantly better than the first half the first half is just unlistenable i i cannot stand this kind of rap where the amount of recycled bars from like early rockefeller it's just like and the the punchlines and the similes were so shit that's all i'm gonna say they were just shit it was unlistenable. i kept skipping i'm like oh can you just stop they like this high energy, like across like, you know, old school kind of just blazy type production. You know, show me what you got, that kind of stuff. Bro, you need, yes, you need high energy, but Jay-Z did it like 70 fucking times. So you also need to be rapping really fucking well. And if you're not doing that, if you're just rehashing his bars or Kanye's bars or Beanie's bars or Bleak's... No, 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 no. Rhapsody came on here and... The final track is called Love Answers All. It's classed as a bonus track. It's got Rhapsody and Ken the Man. It's a great song. It really is. Um, I think it's the the 11th track, Clockwork. Rhapsody comes in. I reckon she only spat 12 bars. And she just destroyed the entire album for me. Like, I'm like, oh, okay, that's what real rappers sound. I'm I'm not trying to destroy these rap. Look, I know it's a mixtape, it's a DJ Clue tape. But you gotta remember, DJ Clue had the professional, the professional part two, and the professional part three. All of them are straight fucking classics. And the artists he got, go and Google those albums and see the rappers who are on those albums. Like, those are some of the most iconic fucking verses of all time. Like, genuine fucking legends just trying to take each other's heads off as rappers on that album. Across incredible production. This is nowhere near that. It is nothing like that. And it was a real disappointment. So, you know i'm a bit sad at that um but anyway it is what it is uh i did not listen to joelle ortiz and larange i did not i'm just gonna say it i listened to one song as i was like, can't do it trippy red love letter to you five not a great album <laughs> not a great album not gonna lie to you very boring very sleepy i got about i tweeted it out because it came out in australia Everything comes out a little bit early here. And we don't normally get the big releases. So Trippy Red's album coming out early. So I screenshotted it and put it on Twitter and said, oh, I'm just going to check if this is album of the year. And five minutes later, I was like, this is not album of the year. And people were like, how could you judge that in five minutes? I'm like, well, you didn't listen to it yet. You'll get there. As soon as you listen to it, you'll be like, oh, no, 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 no. So, yeah, it's, it's just too slow, man. It's too sleepy. It's not as good as Mansion Music, and Mansion Music was shit. So I don't know what's going on there. Um, Killer Priest dropped an EP called Mystery Channel, and it's, it's only—I think it's only two tracks. But then there's a couple of remixes in here. Yeah, man, Killer Priest. You know me. I actually listened to this after Humble Souls. I was listening to Humble Souls last night, and you got to remember when I say something shit, I'm a very irritable person. I'm a very angry person. I'm just a—I'm just a ball of anger and irritability right now. So. It's difficult for me to actually enjoy something, but Killer Priest felt like a palate cleanser, so, you know, shout-out Killer Priest. G Perico dropped uh, Seven Figures Later. Fuck, man, so fucking good. Straight up, like, just, like, southern hip-hop, man. This is fucking great. Shout-out G Perico. Blur, I listened to the Blur album. Um, I enjoyed it a lot, but holy shit, is Damon Albarn David Bowie? Like, what is going on here? I'm Half the songs I'm listening, I'm like is this David Bowie? Why is he doing this? Like, I don't know if he was doing it intentionally, but David Alban has one of the most, like, iconic and recognizable voices, and I have never, ever listening to him in the past thought this sounds like David Bowie, but I don't know, man, just did. But it was was a little bit more understated than I expected. I thought it was... Because, you know, Gorillaz is starting to get real... It's gone through chill phases. It's gone through electro phases, hip hop phases. Uh, I feel like Gorillas is where Damon Albarn goes to just be what he wants to be. And Blur is Blur. Blur is they, you know they have a very defined brand, a very defined sound, but they seem to be getting more and more mellow as they get older, which I appreciate because I'm getting old too. So yeah, I I enjoyed that a lot. And Swans, uh, the Beggar, I think it's called. Uh, when it dropped, I listened to it. If you don't know Swans. They are Michael Gira, I think, Gira, Gira. Uh, It started in like the 80s, like very early on the No Wave movement. And I genuinely feel like um, their their work in 2010s was the first time I'd listened to rock music since maybe post-rock began in the late 90s, mid-90s, where I was like, this sounds new. This sounds like something rock hasn't really done in a long time in the mainstream. And I think their albums have been... It's kind of like the law of diminishing returns, you know. I remember I was in a university lecture when I was learned about that, and the lecturer was like, "The first Mars bar tastes great. The second Mars bar tastes pretty good. The third Mars bar, eh. The fourth Mars bar. Now you really, should, now you're really jamming it down your throat." And that's how I felt about Swans. I'm like, now we're really because the album, bro. This album. Let me just tell you how long it is. It's I don't eleven. Know
0: why that to me so much. That was great. That was
1: it's good, right? And he wasn't even trying to be funny, my lecturer. He he was sadly born without a sense of humor. It's but it was, true, though,
0: isn't it? Like, it's very true. Like it's, four bars, is wild. It's wild, but this
1: album is eleven songs and it's two hours. Um, but there is a forty. Oh, hell. There's a forty four minutes. Like jazz only. album, fuck. But I appreciate it. But like Kamasi Washington. album yeah i mean they're getting a little bit more acoustic on here and and i appreciate that and i listened to it yesterday when i was in a dark mood like a very dark mood i listened to it about three times through so that's six hours i was in i was fucking needed to be saved Jeez. yesterday i ended up listening to arcade fire after that because i'm like bro i've got it i got to <laughs> I'm gonna straighten up here. <laughs> I'm gonna run someone over with my car. I'm really depressed. <laughs> but yeah, no, the, the beggar I is cannot. it's it's solid, man. I I enjoy it a lot. So shout out Swans. Um, I do kind of hope they go in a little bit of a different direction next time. But you know, whatever. But yeah, that was me. What about yourself, Charlie? Oh, i
0: was loving it. It's a rare one. Mm. Been out a lot. Um, I have a lot as well. So buckle up. This episode is about to be like two half hours. Um, Zago. Black Weirdo. Um this is four tracks uh, of just the most esoteric shit you'll hear all year. Um I yeah, just I don't know how to describe it. There's like things happening electronically. There's beat patterns, but they're not quite patterns. There's some there's some uh there's some lyricism, but it comes in and out. It's it just it it really just uh music that doesn't abide by the rules let's just say that it it literally just goes beep beats per minute <laughs> here's a really arbitrary one <laughs> just just that esoteric just um yeah being different and i'm here for it i'm here oh, for yeah. it i'm here for the difference like it's it's like trip hop just super alt trip hop i guess yeah, that's, that's the only way i can probably potentially put it in a box uh, but yeah, mad big ups for that. Uh, Dono J, Growing Pains, um, all in caps with a m- full stop in the middle. I um, list this dude off the back of, also listen to Back of the Suite and get in a band cam suggestion and uh, I thought it was pretty decent. Um, this is five tracks, um, vent is exactly what you think he is, and it really provides like a good plat- a good foundation for the rest of the album. Um, but yeah, I think it's a really solid piece of work, really solid EP. Can't complain. Album cover's a bit uh, squished, but apart from that, uh, well, artwork is a bit squished, but you know, that's the vibe is is going for. I say, I assume, but it's all good regardless. Uh, what else did we have? What was next? Uh, Barney artist, just my demos. Love me some Barney artist. Um, just has one of the most chilled out, mellow. Hip hop you could ever listen to, his voice is lush and deep. It's great, and I'm here for some demos. This you, just de- demos. Jay Prince is on Clutch, which is really good. Uh But yeah, it's four tracks of demos, and they're really fucking good demos. Just listen to Barney Iyas, like just that, that's a good that's a good place to start. Just listening to a couple of tracks, see what you feel, because it's pretty much all that's that's pretty much what he does. Just that super mellow hip hop, really solid stuff, good emotional uh emotional intelligence lyrically really good um anyway. Justin Martin, Miss Me Yet. Um had no idea, just um I've I've it's just one of these artists that I just like plain followed off some like related artists and uh <laughs> and just came out of nowhere else. It's like oh okay. Um I don't remember listening to any justin Martin before, but we're gonna listen to them Justin Martin now, aren't we? Um this is I think our debut album and uh, yes man, it's really good. It's really good. Twenty twenty five minutes. Really replayable. Um and yeah, it's just some we've got some really good stuff here, really good subject matter. Um but yeah, I really like it. Really, really enjoyed her. I like the I like how the production just goes flows from one thing to the next. It's um it's very smooth throughout. Um and yeah, she just bangs it out uh with uh, good songwriting and a good performance overall. Uh, Khan, Mike Summers, oh, yeah. Death of a Rapper. Forgot this Love job. me some Khan. Love me some Mike Summers, especially when he works with XV um, over the years, over the decade, and pl- over decade plus. And uh, yeah, this is really just, I think, one of Khan's best, honestly. And like, you know, Death Taxes and Khan drop in, right? Um, every year he's dropping at least like two, three projects a year. Um, but with that said, um, it's a really interesting. Um, kind of like got this theatrical nature to it um, concept album low-key um, it kind of just you know starts from where you, you know starts from the beginning and then you go you, you're at a high you know the fame the glow up and then the image and then the drugs and then the self-hate and then the fall off <laughs> And the last track, Death of a Rapper. It it really you know takes you on a little journey, and um, it's yeah it's, it's under thirty minutes. It comes by very quickly. It's very um, it it doesn't waste time, and uh, I respect Khan for that creatively. Um, and Mike Summers, great production overall. Really loved it. Uh, Marcus Machado, Blue Diamonds. Um, I remember listening to this dude a few years ago. Um, uh, Aquarius Purple from 2021, and I really enjoyed it. Um, he's mainly a guitarist, but he basically he's a multi instrumentalist, he can do a lot of things. And um this is just a really he he the thing I noticed about well, the thing I gleaned from this um particular album is that he really um wears his influences on his sleeve. Like it's clearly Funkadelic, you know, some like Jimi Hendrix type stuff. Um on the title here has actually influences and it says Stevie Rayborn, Santana uh, also led Zeppelin in there as well and I'm just like I mean, I ain't spun Led Zeppelin, so I can I wouldn't know. But shit, man, there's some there's there's some good vibes in there, and there's an interesting mix. It's not just like jazz, it's not just funk, it's not just rock. It's a mishmash, and it's uh, very unique. So uh, respect to him on that. Uh, no Name Sundial. Um, I will just you know go ahead and say it's my favorite No Name album. Um, I will say um, there is a really good um, uh, review. You should probably read um, Ben if you want to kind of like. Not like you don't understand the album at all, but he did. Uh, Craig Jenkins um, uh, did a, uh, a review via Vulture, and it was really fucking good. It's <laughs> just a really good I'll piece of writing. Um, and there was a bit where he talked about Jay Leck and uh, No Name. I think the way he, the way he explained it in his kind of like words and how he gleaned from it, I think is relatively solid, right? Because obviously she sent that tweet about, um, you know, just like. A, you know, maybe I did it to scare the white people off or something like that, right? Oh okay. Um but you know, she goes into, you know, well, score and stuff like that. I'm not huh? gonna lie. It scared, it scared me and I'm you. white <laughs> so
1: mission accomplished.
0: Is is that it, yeah, it scared you, it scared you. Anyway, give it a read, solid. Um I'll send you a link if you want, but <laughs> don't have to. But I think it's just really I really like even the J Electronica stuff. I feel like, you know, this what no name does is is that she's very human. She tries to wear that as, you know, the badge, right? I'm human. I'm gonna say shit that is gonna be contradictory on the next track. It is what it is. And I feel like having Jay Leck is a very, you know, kind of um uh what's the word? There's a I think there's a bigger context that I feel like is probably missing, right? Um but anyway. Is this like the Kodak solid, Black really on like
1: the Kendrick it. album, bigger context? Maybe, that we're missing, you know?
0: Right? Yeah, yeah. That's a great comparison. That's a great comparison. Did not think of that. Possibly Possibly, so. Um, but we'll leave it at that. Uh, jungle volcano. volcano. Um, I will say I preferred um, uh, "Loving in Stereo" from last year or two years ago now. Um, but this is just—I mean, it's jungle. It's just great. It's just got this. They got this such a unique blend of like dance, funk, jazz, electronic stuff happening as well. They just got such a, such a unique blend, um, such a unique blend, and I really love it. And Roots, um, Roots freaking Nuva. Okay, all right. Uh, Reason, Porches, um, yeah, so, <laughs> again, another very human artist, a very, you know, walking contradiction kind of thing, um... I think the, there's there's parts of the album I'm fine with. Parts of the album I don't just don't it kind of just doesn't grab me, and I think that's just mainly it's, it's kind of like Davy syndrome. I feel like I have a reason overall where it's just like I can see the potential, but uh, there, I just haven't been I, I haven't spun a song where I'm just like that's it, that's it. Maybe and it's probably bad, but maybe like the soul part one, like the first track I ever heard from him. Um, I don't know, but. It's, yeah, uh, he, I mean, you know, shout out to Junie, friend of 5e. Um, she, oh, the fact she's on here constantly is just really good. And uh, I was really gassed about gassed about for her for that, for getting that done. And um, yeah, so big ups to her and her growth on that front. She's been dropping singles recently. Um, so go help um, Junie, uh, hit up a band camp specifically um, and yeah, give her some love. Um, but yeah, we'll leave it there. And hop on to our DRTD Bytes uh, edition, 50th anniversary edition. Uh, we'll talk about that briefly. I think Ben should more than me because I've already done it on What's Good. Uh, but, you know, I'm not trying to on top if he says anything of of uh, intrigue. Um, but, yeah, we're going to do a couple of topics have been going on and there's been plenty of topics to chew on <laughs> but yeah uh ben which one do you want to crack on with
1: i don't really actually know what we're talking about today apart from
0: hip hop okay good good planning um so we have um <laughs> uh we would i don't know like maybe there's for a bit um i don't know you can try that out if you want but i feel like it's pretty easy um in terms of just she, she, she did, she did dirty and don't do dirty. And, uh, you know, it's, it was only a matter of time to be honest that, you know, such a built up persona and such a built up, um, just, uh, I guess like, I don't know, structure around you built on such rigorous positivity. Amen. Shit, shit happens. And, uh, uh, it, it just seemed, you know, a little bit of a, you know, it could be positive, of course, right? But I don't know, it's just for me it was just like that's a that's a house of cards right there. And the fact that you were allegedly fat phobic, yeah, not that's good a, chief. That's an odd one. Not great, Chief. Um, so yeah. Um big ups to her. or well, not big ups, but like just shout out to her fucking like I think it was like a choreographer manager state uh, dance manager or something like that. Like uh just her right hand on some stuff like choreography or whatever. She just did not get the message <laughs> just a couple of days after she was just like sending a video of like they she was being accused on the deposition or not the deposition that's not the word but on the you know on the the papers the documents that um she was like trying to just peddle christianity to people oh yeah and just constantly just constantly just trying to like peddle (laughs) that shit and being really obnoxious with it and what does she do? She just continues. get on the socials and acts obnoxious and goes glory to God several times and just not doesn't even doesn't even acknowledge the actual things. Ethel, out fucking standing, just really really good, but per- really just never seen such a definition of a red flag I've, I've ever seen. Just oh, wave that shit. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I
1: I mean it was it's sad news, genuinely. I obviously there are allegations, um, but whatever the result is, it's not good because if Lizzo did these things, that's terrible. Um, If people are lying on Lizzo's name and saying that she didn't do it, then that's also terrible. But there is a lot of evidence, and a lot of people have come out and said, you know, this is true, and I had a similar experience. So we wait, and you know, my friend was telling me that they were pretty heartbroken. Um, that Lizzo might lose her career over this. And I said, I definitely don't think Lizzo is going to lose her career over this. She's already come out and got ahead of the narrative and just said, "I, I deny these things. And I think it'll probably be a lawsuit. This is just my opinion. It'll probably be a lawsuit that'll get settled and it'll get paid to go away. And the label and Lizzo will maintain that they did nothing wrong and yep. things will continue on as they were before. I genuinely don't think there's any difference. Um, but it's, it's an odd, you know, it happened with Ellen DeGeneres, for example, where Ellen had to go on to TV and apologize for the, the toxic workplace that um, it, it was alleged that she had created. I'm just going to use the word alleged. I'm just going to put my alleged sandwich board around my neck right now so everything I say is alleged. I do not want to be sued. Um, but
0: Allegies,
1: no, it's, it's sad. And it, there's got to be a, 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 a term for, you know, someone who says they're one thing but they're not that thing at all. And then they that's the, the persona that they inhabit in the public but that's not who they truly are Um it's normally, it's not a problem because most of the time they're not a bad person behind the scenes. They're just different. And there's, there's nothing wrong with that. But if you're preaching body positivity and, you know, I spoke to someone who went to the Lizzo show in Sydney and they said it was just a beautiful evening. It was a beautiful experience. You know, it was just a lot of love and a lot of care and acceptance in that arena wasn't a room it was a freaking arena so and you know her her tour sold out she had to add more dates in australia she's massive like massive star around the world everyone you know apart from all the like fat phobic misogynistic little teenage boys who were like this is shit um, everyone else loves her and they love the message that she's been putting across and her album last year or the year before special, I came on here and just big the fuck out of it because it was a fucking amazing album. And it's just sad news, man. It's sad news. And as I say, like, who knows? It's, it's one of these situations where we get so attached to an artist and, um, it was really interesting. I watched, um, FD signifiers video on it. Why we still believe victims and, um, Still, Sorry. still was in caps. And before I watched it, I'm like, what, di- what direction is this one going to go? Like, I was a bit curious. <laughs> but he made a yeah. brilliant point. He said, you know, Lizzo's in a position of power right now, and the people yeah. who are making these allegations are not. And so we believe them because we're trying to give them autonomy and control in a situation where their control and autonomy has been taken away from them and their power is completely diminished. The power struggle is, you know, it's in the favor of the the big person, the big artist. They're going to have all the money. They're going to have all the lawyers. They're going to have all the publicists. They're going to have fucking everything. And we believe victims. And as he said, it doesn't necessarily mean we're saying we know exactly what happened and Lizzo's wrong and they're right or they're whatever. It doesn't mean that. He said we're going to have to be a little bit nuanced, which is impossible in the sphere of social media and the sphere of modern society where we have to take a side. And, you know, it happened with Tori and Meghan. Just because I said I believed Meghan, everyone thought that meant that. I thought that Tori was the worst person in the world. I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm supporting Megan. She's getting destroyed by Tori and his fans. Like, that, she needs our support right now. He has the power in this situation, and that's how I feel with this situation. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I genuinely feel... I never thought we'd get anywhere with Tori and Megan. You know, I didn't think we'd get to this point. I thought it would just be... I must be... say,
0: by the way, smooth-ass segue. Well done. Oh, You're yeah, good. not bad. Carry eh? on. Carry on. Ten years. I mean, I'm in verdict.
1: decent decent form this morning. Decent flashing. Yeah, that, was,
0: that was that was fucking solid. I just wanted to acknowledge it. <laughs> honestly. Well, like, didn't want to didn't want to disrupt the train, but I just had to like stick a star into it. Yeah. I'm Gold bad. star for that one. That was good.
1: But you know, I thought nothing would come of it. I genuinely thought we wouldn't get a resolution, but we did. We got a resolution. And I just think with the Lizzo situation, we're not as fans, we're not gonna get a resolution, which is sad. And you know, that to me is disappointing from an artist who preaches positivity and has this kind of like open communication with, you know, and clear community and honesty and vulnerability. Because Lizzo's, you know, her album special especially, a lot of vulnerability on that album. And when you're vulnerable, other people are gonna expose their vulnerabilities to you and they're gonna connect to you. And yeah, and Charlie's Charlie's got a point. I'd like to hear his point.
0: There's a great way to tie both of these stories together because I feel like it's not again not much else to say on Megan get uh, well Tori, getting ten years for Megan uh for shooting Megan and the thing is this right there's so many there's is like a certain in innumerable can't you can't give it a number but a certain amount of power right. It can't be calculated. It can't be you know put in a specific uh, measurement, right? There's a level of power where you do something and there'll be people that will constantly mention it at every every point in your the rest of your life, but you will still prosper regardless. And you could be one of those people and go like, hate is gonna hate kind of thing. e, but we'll see how that goes, right? But with so many like, Rappers and just people, artists in general, actors, whatever, you enjoy, sports people, fuck. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like, crazy, right? Um, There are people that we just love. And there are people that will have that critique, but also still fuck with them, which you could call fence-sitting. Um, there are people that will just be completely cut off, done, not going to do that, not going to s- consume that person anymore, regardless of how I rate them, can't be done, i.e., R. Kelly. Um, but then there's also some that I think get it, but in a very misguided way, i.e., Tory Lanez. Uh I read the Night of good Goods where. Um, the piece was talking about uh I think I forgot her name. Uh Miss uh, I think it's like Caroline Bembo or something like that. Something Bembo. And um she was basically talking about it and how just, you know. DJ Academic should apologize. Drake should apologize. Yes. LeBron James should apologize. Profusely. Yep. Publicly. Like yep. and Ellen DeGeneres style. Not yep. even fucking kidding. Yep. Put these guys on national TV and just have them apologize to megan i feel like that is in a perfect world that is what should happen it's not because obvious reasons they have a certain amount of power a where it don't fucking it don't fucking matter no this is a footnote in drake's career but for me it's a it's an addition to a very long list of why i don't like him <laughs> it's just it just adds onto the list for me Right? But for the but for maybe a minute amount of people, it might have had them cut off. I don't think that number would be very high. Um, but and people just won't critique because Drake has that much amount of power. LeBron James is a fucking basketball player. He listens to Tory Lane's. Okay. But then again, why did he fucking mention it right there and then? That's a very odd way to just say you like Tory Lane's music. Like, why'd you do it in that context? And DJ Academics is just a piece of shit. Um so you know, this should happen. But it's not gonna happen because they have that a certain amount of power where it just don't matter. Um and for Lizzo, it might have it might she might have that power. We're gonna see. We're gonna see how much power she has. This'll be the measurement. <laughs> where where is are people gonna be still talking about this ten years down the line? Maybe, who knows? Um
1: Well it's harder for Lizzo in this situation because Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. But Lizzo it, but, like I can I can't it's not like Tori was up there. There were you know. a lot
0: of fans in Australia, bro. I'm just saying. She's yeah. international. I'm just saying. That there might be a level there that where, you know, her fans will just breeze past it. I'd be it's shocked. possible. I mean,
1: you know, I remember when the Tory thing first broke like three years ago and I was um, I was dating
0: Tory someone. Tori probably gained fans.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, I think he would have gained fans. It's like nothing. Mean, but see, no, that's, that's the difference the the, between the, the, the that's two the difference. things. Tory's fans... No.
0: That's the parallel. I don't think mm-hmm.
1: Tories fans like women. I just don't. I've no, I've no. talked to them constantly no. throughout this process. Whenever I've tweeted about or or yeah. posted about it, no, it's, it's, they have it's just been coded at
0: minimum. Yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. Whereas Lizzo, yeah. that's different. You know, I think Lizzo's fans value body positivity. They value the things that Lizzo directly, yeah. allegedly, directly, um, you know, when she took a she sledgehammer her to her own
0: foundations,
1: system. yeah, you can't do that. Tory Lanez, I mean, yeah. his fans are just idiots. So like, they're just yeah. gonna be idiots. That's that's he acted like an idiot, and, and his fans were bon like, James "Good James Drake." <laughs> and the Drake stuff is just, you know, I th- I would imagine he put it on
0: a, wax. A upload,
1: a crossover. Didn't they have a problem on at wax. one point? I swear, Tory and Drake had a massive beef in like the mid two thousand and tens, Yeah, but, right.
0: Yeah, so, I mean. Like, I mean, Drake. You Drake has an album called like, "Her
1: Loss." Like, come on now, right, bro? There
0: you go. This right. man is what
1: thirty-seven, yeah. thirty-eight years old. Yeah. Holy Pushing shit! Pull. Like, wow, that's that's bro. genuinely embarrassing for a grown man, especially a grown man who's rich and famous. But to to the fact that you still have a fourteen-year-old mindset is, to me, that's <laughs> that's cataclysmic. Like, yeah. holy shit! Uh, anyway. Anyway,
0: anyway, um, we're making good time. Actually, um, we'll get to our next one, um, which is uh, Reason, Reason. Slash Musa slash TDE. So, for those that didn't spin um, on social media, uh, didn't see it. Um, basically, uh, Reason was on a podcast of I forget the name. I forget the pit two dudes, and I'll get to the two dudes in a minute. Um, in terms of how uh, it does, how they fare into this. But yeah, Reason was on a podcast with these two dudes and they were chilling. It was basically a stream. Um, uh, They were just streaming and he was just there chilling. Um, Just, you know, stream of things. And uh, Musa called the front dude up, uh, who's at the front in the middle. I called him up. Just
1: just quickly, was was it a live interview? How did, why did Musa call in? I mean, I it was
0: probably, yeah, it might, might have been a, might have been like a scheduled live interview that they plan is like reason coming tomorrow, like at 4pm. Oh, like, I see. It yeah, might have like, been like, a, maybe like that was a, a, a radio show. Maybe that was a thing or he just, yeah, or he just pulled up. Um, But, you know, it could be that as well. Um, Yeah, it's streaming, bro. Like literally you just, yeah. you just invite people on and you just either do, you know, I don't know what, whatever you do as a streamer. Do you talk? Do you play games? Do you, yeah, what do you do? So you know, then you they do it with them, and it and obviously it just adds numbers because you know they have they're known in some fashion. Um, but yeah, so Musa calls up this um, stream, and uh, the dude puts him on uh, on the mic to just um, you know add us into the conversation, I guess. And um, he just proceeded to um, have an argument in some ways with reason about. Uh, Basically, his whole existence, <laughs> fundamentally, um, as an artist, literally, um, where he's asking the hosts, the uh, two dudes, um, name, you, I bet you can't name 10 reason songs and they trip over themselves. Yeah, that was rough. Bro. Um, and then down the line, he, he said, okay, five, and he, the dude still three. couldn't do he it. Three. it. Three, ended at three. Three, he still couldn't do it. Like they literally made them try to answer these questions, and Reason's just sitting there, you know. He's just sitting there, He's, and he basically just asks all the time, uh, for half the time, uh, "Do you want a conversation? or Do you want to yeah. go viral?" Um, and they don't exactly have a conversation. They kind of half they have a debate in the second half, which kind of just gets into again basically Reason's whole existence, and uh, that's how I see it. By the way, this is purely subjective how I see it. I see it as Musa. As an A and R, the head of A and R at Top Dog Entertainment, Top Dog Entertainment, going at his own artist for not being good enough, or yeah, just questioning his whole existence, like who listens to your shit, basically, Um, and just go and just keep digging, and I don't know, I feel like reason. held his own i guess on that front like he did but the thing is it's kind of true i can't name five reason songs i listened to the there's a lot of artists like that like and there's a lot of artists like that reason's not special on that front there's i can't yeah literally the only times i can name probably artist songs is like kendrick sims uh Ah, uh, Michael Jackson, like, <laughs> Stevie Wonder—you know what I mean? Like, just getting that kind of realm. Sitting there
1: looking at song names when they're listening to an album, like we grew up on. Right. I grew up on CDs, right. bro. Exactly. I can't exactly. tell you yeah, what the right. name of fucking songs are. I know what they sound like. I yeah, know the lyrics word to, for yeah, word, but I don't know what the name ice. is. Like that's bullshit. Everyone has
0: a handful of eyes. Everyone has a handful of eyes so that they can, like, you know, name name it, name like the whole track list of a certain album. Just like, just off bat, easy, right? Fine, there's people like that. There's obsessives like that. But yeah, Reason, at minimum, doesn't have obsessive fans. Let's just say that. Um, And yeah, it just it was very... I don't know, just nobody won there. Just the whole situation, just nobody won. Uh, It made TDE look the worst it's ever been from a PR perspective. Not that I care about their PR. But, I mean, we asked this question a few... Like, at least a year or two ago, asking about TDE and just wondering... Where they at? Because Kendrick's leaving at that point. We recorded Kendrick's like leaving. This is gonna be his last album before Mr. Morale dropped. And we were wondering, you know, we were questioning TDE's existence, right? You know what I mean? And they're obviously gonna be fine. They're a label, and you know, they're, re- they're still out of all the labels in America, they are still probably in the top one 0.01% of you know known entities in music. Um, they're fine, right? They're going to be fine, but it's just a. That's just embarrassing, and to have your head in a r do it is extra embarrassing, and it embarrasses the artist and it makes him look more embarrassing because people because some of the things Musa said, while he shouldn't be saying them on wax, on a stream, are true, uh, more or less, and the two dudes, what, what do you know anything? Like, it's just like, it, it, it actually just seemed like they were just really didn't know, like, they literally couldn't add 2 plus 2. They just acted so dumb it was crazy. Um, I, I was just very confused of just how they weren't, they were just like, I don't know, content? Maybe that's what they were just saying in their head, content, content, content. Oh yeah, lee, lee, that was lee, sitting lee. back like, holy shit, this yeah, is great. Exactly. This it, shit just happen. the content alarm was just going yeah. off in their head and they just went on autopilot. <laughs> Yeah, they just didn't anyway, exist. I've, they didn't. Sorry, they no I've,
1: longer existed in that room. Right.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. They were just like host one, host two, <laughs> of the of the content creation machine. Uh, but yes, yeah, that was the whole tea up. I don't know why it took that long, but yes, that was the whole tea up. For, for well,
1: this, bit. this is this is interesting. I wrote quite a lot about this um, because the clip I originally saw had none of the context that I think is very necessary in this discussion. I initially only saw the clip of Musa calling in and absolutely eviscerating Reason live on this fucking podcast, openly criticizing him. I did not see what provoked that, and Reason's words were pretty potent. So Reason was on an episode of Back on Fig, as they're called, to promote Porsches, and during that, he spoke of the issues he was having with TDE. Now, I will read direct quotes from Reason. We had certain features lined up that could have went through. We had the budget, we had the feature lined up. Takes too long to get pushed through. Feature price ended up going up. Something goes away. Content ideas lined up, not executed. Rollout ideas lined up, not executed. It was a few different things. I had Lado lined up for something, not executed. I had ESTG lined up, not executed. Like us not pushing through. Features lined up, we've got a price set, video and verse, takes too long. Like he basically saying, they drag in their heels. This is wholly consistent to me with the narrative coming out of TDE on a regular basis. That's the number
0: one storyline, bruv.
1: It's PD consistent. Reason is just telling us things that we it's already knew. It's a meme knew. at this point. So I believe it's a dead him. meme at this point. I believe him. I believe him because actions match words in this case. I mean, you can't deny that. So i think it's a rare example of social media actually getting something right for once you know i used to go super viral with my posts about how long it had been since each tde member had dropped a project in fact that was so viral it actually earned me a lot of attention from tde and i've connected with multiple members over the years probably like four or five members now so i've been speaking to td for a while it's why i initially jumped out the window to protect musa in charlie and i when we were chatting i love musa you know i really like him but Look, things have only gotten worse since the late two thousand and tens in terms of dropping music for TDE. Um, Scissor was incredibly vocal before SOS about the holdups, voicing her frustrations publicly and dragging Punch into plenty of discussions on Twitter. But again, Punch seems happy to insert himself into the mosh pit. Um, I even did so in my tweet about Reason, and he got he questioned whether you know I questioned whether his career had been mismanaged, and Punch jumped in, and he got scorched. And normally I'd pay it no mind whatsoever. Um, you know, one day someone calls me a Drake hater. The next day I get called a Drake glazer. Like social media is literally the stupidest place on earth. There is no stupider place. It's like going to a kindergarten full of lobotomized children. It is full of moronic idiots. So it is the worst place to have any kind of discussion. But in this case, I think they actually got it right. But you know, we know Kendrick, Zay, Absol, they were all going through something pretty serious to see their albums perpetually delayed. Um, you know, all three of them have come out and said we were struggling. Like Kendrick said it at the start, Mr. Morale was going through something. Zay obviously did that incredible interview, wide-ranging interview. Absol similarly struggling a little bit. Um, but Reason and Scissor have told us in no uncertain terms that their careers have been held back by TDE. And I'll quickly point out that SOS is by far, is his most commercially successful album. It's a juggernaut. But that doesn't mean it's successful because it took five years to come out. That's not what I'm saying. I think it's successful because it's a switch up and a clear move towards a more mainstream sound, which she's incredibly adept at carrying. She's a brilliant artist, so she's capable of doing this. So I think that there are two discussion points, TDE overall and the Mooser exchange. And we talked about TDE plenty of times on this podcast in Bytes episodes. And just the view of whether they mistreat and needlessly hold back their artists—it's a conversation that's circular. It just can go round and round and round. So I prefer to talk about Musa's words and his decision to call in. As I said, I I adore Musa, and he's always had kind words to say to me, and the people I've spoken, you know, to work with him, and they have nothing but nice things to say about him. Um, and I really like Reason. Uh, he's always been a supporter of me as well. Uh, I like his sense of humor. I think he has an incredibly dry wit, and I think. Americans don't get dry wit at all. They're just completely stupefied by it. They they think that you're being serious when you're joking. You're and being a they, smart ass. Yeah, they think you're being a smart ass. You're being a ass smart ass. Because they're dumb and they don't understand it. You know, That's just the way it is. Yeah. So you've got to really tone it the fuck down when you're trying to be funny with Americans. I love even,
0: fucking with American friends though. It's great. It it's hilarious, like <laughs> bro. It is <laughs> it hilarious. It's so good. But I'll tell it's you what, when. you be fucking with it.
1: When you do it on a large scale, it's not that great because then you get thousands of people calling you the worst <laughs> names in the world. And it's no, like it's, no, no. Yeah, in yeah moderation, in moderation. You gotta be careful. Um, so I'm not gonna drag. I'm not gonna mm. drag either Musa or Reason because again, we can't know everything that went into this exchange. We've seen the tip of the iceberg. There's so much stuff that's going on behind the scenes. Reason even says on his new album he takes part of the blame. I forget what song it was, but he said that he was expecting. And again, I'm I'm not. This is what do they call it when you're not quoting directly? Um,
0: Paraphrasing.
1: Paraphrasing. Um, he says he had to take responsibility for his own success and his own career and push it forward. Um, but I think what it does highlight this exchange is tensions are much higher than we thought they were at TDE because those exchanges between Scissor and Punch are a great example. You know, Scissor was supremely critical back in 2020. Um, and yeah, you that, know that was
0: that was smoke that was smoke and fire. Oh, yeah.
1: Yes, absolutely. And yeah. and, a, and the same thing happened with Reason. People were like, "Is this and, another?" And this
0: is and is and this is a Molotov cocktail.
1: <laughs> yes, yes. But again, <laughs> into your own
0: building, <laughs> honey, <laughs> I'm home.
1: <laughs> because of that stuff that happened with Scissor, and people were not yeah. After Scissor's album came out, she went quiet on this. You know, she didn't talk about yeah. it. And why would you talk about yeah. it? You number one for how many weeks? Like you killing it. But. Yeah. You know, Punch did a lot of a, a lot of press in mid twenty twenty two. He spoke to Vulture in August and you know, obviously the topic of conversation was Scissor. So he said the common misconception is that we hold albums back and it's weird because Sorry. why would Stop. Hold up.
0: He's not ending it with a question? No. <gasps>
1: Bro, he doesn't, he doesn't, in, in <gasps> interviews, he doesn't just quote. he gives his opinion. It's, it's really? Yeah, oh, be prepared. This oh, is, wow. This is unicorn status right here. Oh, we're going to get,
0: we're oh, gonna get Punch's opinion. Moment. Oh, wow. Nah, oh, chill,
1: gosh. bro. I love Punch. I love Punch. <laughs> I love and respect Punch, friend of the show, friend of the show. So he <laughs> says, and I quote him, why would we hold albums back? That doesn't really register with certain people when they want something so bad which I get it too you want an artist uh, you want to get the artist the best opportunity possible where they can maximize in sales exposure but like you mentioned it's samples it's positioning it's not even having a song done sometimes you could be waiting on a feature it's just so many things that go into it he then says it's a disconnect sometimes with certain fans not all fans it's a sense of entitlement that comes with it. The artist's relationship with fans sometimes gets skewed a bit to where certain people feel that they're owed. I posed the question the other day on Twitter. <laughs> there you go. I asked, what do you feel artists owe you? I remember him posing that. One person responded, friendship. Once the artist creates the work and you buy the work, that's what you're owed. Now, in a twenty 2020, twenty September 2022 interview with Matt Hoffa, he says, I respect fans that demand it because it was obvious something was said that touched their lives to where they want it this bad. You know, and then he directly addresses the scissor tweets. He says, you've got to understand the context and you have to know the person. You have to know how something was said, if it was lighthearted, if it was serious, like what it was. If she's responding to somebody and saying you've got to ask Punch, you can take that a gang of different ways based on your disposition. And you... Only get so many characters when you're tweeting and people get a whole story and run with it What I always like to ask is what do I gain from not putting the album out? So by March 10 2023, you know a few months later punch was now doing interviews with complex about how scissor is? Navigating this new level of fame that she's achieved with SOS. So the conversation had completely shifted and you could argue Maybe accurately that punch is entirely justified through the changing content of those three interviews alone It's hard to complain when the source of your ire propelled you to levels that you've never seen before. That's hard to complain. But there are opposing views. Azair Rashad, for example, told Billboard his relationship with Punch and Top is cemented, especially Top. If you haven't read that interview, definitely go read it. It's very very painful and it's very beautiful. But in a Twitter exchange, when a fan was coming for Punch over album delays, Zay said, They're just management and mentors. They've got to wait on us and they're pretty damn patient. It's been baby season and better around here. Don't make me come to the back of the class again. So basically he's just saying this criticism is not valid. Absol doesn't seem to have any criticisms. In a 2016, uh, there were Twitter exchanges where Top said the album was being held back by Absol and his mixer. And Absol confirmed this during a Breakfast Club interview. So he agreed, he's like, I held the album back. Um, And that's really it though, you know reason and scissor against Zay and Absol 4 and the rest haven't said enough to definitively say one thing or another But I think the point still stands that tensions are high and they're higher than people thought and what happened with Musa coming on I do not fuck with that at all. That's not okay. I don't think that's okay Um, You can't just publicly destroy your artists like that. Like what? Those are conversations that should be had in private. The only thing I can think is they have been had in private plenty of times and no resolution has come and Musa felt it was necessary to escalate things. But again, what is reason meant to do? I don't know what reason is meant to do under these circumstances. Like, you know, Musa's saying you blame everyone. You know, he kept saying that, like you blame everyone. And at first I was like, oh, I know people like that. That's why I reacted so aggressively or so like you know quickly i was like i know i know people like that who will blame everyone else for their problems and you know especially if they're doing it publicly that's difficult to to stomach as someone who knows that you know the truth like but it doesn't sound like that at all to me it does not sound like that the way reason speaking on this album we we know reason this is different to me anyway this is different from the other tde artists we don't know them very well we know them from their albums. We don't know them from social media. We don't have a connection to them. Bro, reason's on Twitter every fucking day talking to people. We know reason. He's been talking to us for four years. He's probably replied to 90% of my podcast listeners because he's just there. He's out there all the time. So I feel like if this was behavior that was being displayed all the time, we would see it, but we we have never seen that because he's not like a, a corporate kind of tweeter. He tweets what the fuck he thinks and feels, and, yeah, man, I'm... So look, I, I just think it was it was not okay. It was not okay for that to happen, and it was shocking because I don't think we've seen something like that. I don't know that I, I I can't remember a time
0: when we've seen something like that. Genuinely, not that publicly, anyway. Like, there's probably been um, you know, there's probably book pa- book chapters uh, where an artist you know talks about something of this nature, um, but. I don't think this publicly. <laughs> uh it's yeah, it's pretty it's pretty unique in that fashion. And um I think, you know, punch is probably both right and wrong in my mind. Like, yeah, I'm sure there's I'm sure I'm sure Zay needed the time, I'm sure Absol needed the time, I'm sure Kendrick needed the time. I'm sure Schoolboy Q also needed the time. Um he had some time in between albums, of course. Um and he was going through shit. But and reason are saying they could be opposite and i'm I'm both can be true at this point Um, well i think it's not either or
1: not to cut you but i think this is another example of we've heard this story a trillion times from artists that my album got pushed back my album got shelved etc etc i think it's just yet another example of tier one and tier two and reason is tier two and D D E focusing on this is Wu Tang. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Everything's and I, about Wu Tang. You know, Everything comes what, look, back to Wu Tang. We we talk about SZA now and and how commercially successful she is. But she was not that commercially successful prior. She was not as commercially successful as the other artists, um, especially Kendrick. I'm just looking up her discography now because to see what control went, bro. That was fucking 2017. That went number three. So she is, you know, she's I, successful. I remember.
0: I remember that drop in. I was in uni. I remember that drop in.
1: Yeah. Yeah, but you know, I look, I just think that's what it is, and I think Reason has always been, unfortunately, sadly, tier two, and I don't think he's been, and I think TDE is the worst label for an artist like Reason to be on. A lot of people were saying you should be on Dreamville. Dreamville is the same; they don't really release much music anyway. Like I would say, it's pretty similar. Yeah, between I, Dreamville. I don't, I don't even, I don't think there's any. When real was last difference. time
0: Bars dropped an album? Yeah, <laughs> when was the last Bars time? Is I mean, like. Buzz think is actually Luke, top five in that group, in that in that label, and like I I don't remember his last album. Bro, Luke uh, I know dropped he had a couple of album. EPs. He's been on a few features, well, good features, but features. Not albums. I don't, I don't remember his last album. I really don't.
1: Twenty eighteen, but bro, like loot dropped last year or the year before. Word of mouth. I think it was loot, and it was an incredible fucking album. No one talked about it. No one knows anything about it because it was one well, not promoted. Yep. Like you know, so. I think that's what it is. I think it's a Tier 1 and a Tier 2 situation. Yeah. And I think TD is happy to wait on Zay yeah. and Sol and Q, but they're, they'll they happily not wait on Reason. They'll push Reason back. And and that, you know,
0: right, yeah. that happens. Cole, Ari, Jid, Bars. That's, that's interesting, right? And obviously, J. Cole is kind of like an outlier because... He started yeah. the fucking thing, he he <laughs> but you know it's it's interesting. It's interesting on both fronts. Um, but anyway, uh, that was good. I'll leave it there and uh, finish off with just uh, well, fiftieth uh, birthday. Hip hop came through, came and went uh, last Friday on the eleventh, and um, I posted thoughts also on WG. So if you want to p- my freestyle thoughts on that front um, at that time, go for it. Um, and also my essay if you want to spin that as well. Um but yeah, uh, you know, I've talked about fifty a lot this year. we have a couple of times. Um, I remember the last time we talked about it was when um we were Swizzy? kind of just asking the question. Huh?
1: Might have been Swizzy, when Swizzy dropped was the this? Swizzy dropped the album with the E P, remember, with all the, the lead the hip hop legends from oh, yesterday. Yeah, there was that
0: too. Oh, fucking hell. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, there was that too. That also dropped. Um but uh, the last time we talked about not bias also, um, was when we were talking about just the kind of like lack of yeah. excitement. It yeah. just felt like nothing was being advertised or anything like that. And then literally maybe a month after that, um just everyone started announcing shit. Um and even quicker even closer to the day People were announcing shit um, up till you know, two days beforehand. I'm just like, well, where the fuck was this a month ago? Where was this two months ago? Where was this at the start of the year, maybe? Like, you know what I mean? Like, the festivals announced lineups pretty uh, a pretty freaking decent rate. Um, so, you know, I feel like people could organise, you know, freaking Hip Hop 50 event uh, pretty cleanly over a few months. But that's just me. I'm not an organiser. Um, but, yeah, you know, people's people started, and those. Those happened, and I'm happy they happened. There were obviously, there's obviously people that think it was a bit too New York centric. Depends where you're at. Um, I saw a lot of local ones um, in the UK, obviously around the country. Um, I saw plenty local events being done in places like you know Detroit or Chicago or wherever. There was plenty of local, um, you know, celebrations happening. Atlanta, um, definitely. But all the national you know publications and etc cetera, etc cetera. obviously they covered more you know just i guess new york based stuff because up to a certain point it was new york <laughs> it was literally yeah. just new york Started in new um york. so yeah. i get it and as a you know as a student of it i am fine with that to some extent because a lot of a lot of the history is in new york and i feel like you know people get it twisted that just because is the whole thing's global now, which, you know, some people don't even acknowledge, but you know, because it's so global now, you don't need to talk about New York anymore. <laughs> There's no reason to, but at that point, that was the only thing that was happening anywhere. Um, apart from graffiti artists, graffiti artists were there before hip hop. Just wanted to say that and throw that out there. But um I mean shit existed in fucking Greeks and Roman times, so <laughs> if you want to be specific. Um but yeah. These these celebrations I w- I've seen from afar, and I feel like they were all done with good intentions. Um, at the, for the most part, um, there are plenty of really good, really really good collections. Um, I think i I think I bookmarked uh, okay players, um, where they did uh, kind of just a big hip hop fifty thing, had a landing page for it, and just had bunch of articles. Picked, hand picked uh, for certain decades from the 70s to now. And every one you went on was just, you know, banger after banger after banger. Um, Associated Press had a really good um, interactive uh, history walk down memory lane kind of thing. Um, There was another one, I forget where, but there was a kind of like a really, just really fucking good, just history timeline. and it was just really detailed, especially in the early years. Um, I, I, I really respected that. Um, so yeah, you know, that's kind of just been what I've gleaned from so far since we, well, uh, since we last talked about it and what actually happened. I just wanted to recap that, I guess, um, because I've given my overall force on. <laughs> I've already, I've already uh, gushed over hip hop uh, as a as a as an entity <laughs> for the past like fucking how many years. So it's it's not it's not wasted.
1: Yeah, hip-hop, this, this 50th anniversary is interesting because I think the lack of press, the lack of tweets, the lack of conversation around it is purely because it does not make money for people. I, For no, some no. reason, our hip-hop legends from the 70s and 80s are not doing Rolling Stone-type tours, Grateful Dead-type tours, you know, and that's curious. Even our 90s stars aren't doing that. I mean, 50 Cent's out at the moment, and mid two thousands like who bro he had
0: he had like the wildest crew with him for one I show didn't even I saw see that. on IG it was so weird like Flo rider was there and oh, I just need I need to find that I, I think I, I think I can find it. Carry on but is I'm this just gonna this try final and,
1: final lap tour that he's doing. Yeah right? it was
0: just it was a very weird just set of people. <laughs> I was like this is confusing as shit but anyway carry on.
1: He did have Buster Arms, which is, which is fire. Jeremiah. Fair, fair, fair. But you know what I mean? Like, what, 50 yeah, yeah, Cent? Yeah, yeah, no. 50 Cent 03. So it was that 30 years after hip-hop began, 50 Cent blew up. And he is our yep. legacy artist at this point. I, I, if someone knows of another tour, because it, it seems like a fucking open goal to me for a 50th anniversary for some tour promoter to put together a fucking legendary fucking lineup of iconic you know 80s and 90s rap early 90s rappers get warren g out there get quick out there get ll cool j out there get rakim out there you know get slick rick like there is and, and maybe all those artists don't want to perform i don't know but there's a there's a laundry list we literally have charlie's got a fucking list in our chat of artists that we're going to be doing for retrospectives get off those people We call us we can get you out Where's mc light doing what's roxanne Shanté doing like get you know what I mean? Like it seems like. Uh, a I mean, they open were goal. about, bro.
0: They were about, like, you know. I saw MC Light perform. I think today, um, uh, yeah, Rhapsody performed today we didn't as well. I like, yeah.
1: it. well, not hear about it. It's. But you're to
0: hear We're not gonna hear about every single one. Obviously. But be big.
1: <laughs> Put it all together in a festival. Why not? I don't. Oh understand yeah. Why. No.
0: No. Of course. Of course. Like you know, having. So you want to kind of just like have. Rolling layer. Instead loud of a lot of a lot of scattered events, you wanted like a kind of like a better planning. That how, ma-
1: how amazing would that be? How amazing oh, would that of be? Like a rolling cloud that just travels around America, does three or four massive yeah, shows. Fuck it. Yeah, the yeah, clips yeah. are mm-hmm. huge. You know what happened at the Super Bowl when they got 50 Cent up there and everyone was like, oh shit, we just seen 50 Cent. I remember him from Indie Club. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, you know, that's how stupid that was. But that's what it should have been, and even Fifty Cent doing this, you know, this final lap tour and all this this press going around it. But Fifty Cent's done power. Like Fifty Cent has never left the collective consciousness. There are so many artists that have that deserve to be uplifted and brought back onto the world stage for one more go around. And the 50th anniversary is the easiest. But anyway, I just think it's another example of it, it doesn't make a lot of money, so it doesn't make a lot of sense. And maybe maybe hip hop has not become its worst its own worst enemy and i'm not saying that at all but because of the commercialization and because it's so mainstream now if it doesn't if it's not going to go viral if it's not going to blow up no one's going to talk about it no one's going to tweet about it you know even right now twitter's now paying out people for content because they're paying like a share of ad revenue so what do you think that's going to do to the conversation (laughs) (laughs) that's not going to that's not going to be good that's bad. That's going to be very bad for the conversation. Cause people are just going to say the Period wildest scene. shit for yep. engagement. They're going to yep. get four yep. or 5 yep. million yep. views yep. on a yep. tweet. Yep. And they're just going to say the dumbest fucking shit, because I know what yep. blows up on Twitter. I know yep. I've done it. I've been doing it for five years and I can't do it anymore. I tried. I came back a couple of months ago and I was like, I'm going to get my engagement back up. I'm going to, and then I realized again what I would have to do. And I'm like, I don't want to fucking do that. That's embarrassing. I'm 34 years old. And so that's just sad, man. And I uh, I think that you know on a positive note and we've talked about i've talked about my love of hip-hop numerous times on this pod i could go back and find those episodes and link people to them if they want but i tweeted out um i think i said hip-hop is the greatest genre of all time I, i had a nice little typo in there which was really stupid and i just said Uh, It's not even remotely close. Happy 50th birthday to the genre that changed the world. And it fucking absolutely did change the world. I mean, there are hip-hop artists in Australia right now. There are hip-hop artists literally all over the world. And the stories that these artists have brought you know, from America, from the communities that they were growing up in, from the, the struggle that they faced, from the oppression, from the racism, they have brought that to us and people who are open-minded have listened and been, and it's changed their perspective on the entire world and no other genre has done that for me, not even fucking close, rock does not do that, I learned that, you know, you, there's, a, there's a limit of how many drugs you can take before you die, that's what I've learned from rock music. Pop music, I've learned that if you just act in a real toxic and immature way, uh, then your relationships will succeed. And if you try to act in an emotionally intelligent and mature way, people will call you a weirdo and, you know, cut you out. Electronic music, I love electronic music, but I haven't really learned much from that. Jazz music, fucking amazing, but no lyrics, so I haven't learned like intellectually from it. I've learned a lot about artists and I've I've gone away and learned about their stories, so I've learned you know, secondhand through that because you know I love Miles Davis, love Delonious Monk. Like I've gone away and researched them and understood their stories. But again, like there's no genre that has even come remotely fucking close to just the information and the education and the. Uh, it's just you know I could I could go on I could wax lyrical. So you know, happy fiftieth birthday to hip hop. Um, I am very curious to see what happens in the next fifty years because. This first 50 years has been really fucking fascinating when you think about it. I mean, the 70s was very slow, very slow. It took a long time to really explode. Um, Rapper's Delight, obviously, The Message. And The Message is an essential song. Like That's a very fucking important song. And then throughout the 80s, it progressed It progressed dramatically and then it blew up in the 90s then we had the commercial era the commercial success and that's a different kind of energy as well when you see money getting pumped into something and you know corporate label heads becoming involved and and so that's why we get to conversations like reason today you know that conversation wouldn't have happened in the 80s it would only happen in the 90s or the 2000s 2000 2010. so what happens from here i'm curious because hip-hop I feel in the mainstream has absolutely stagnated and there's this huge gap between the mainstream and the underground where 99% of the fans are focused on the mainstream. They're focused on Travis on future on Drake on these like seven or eight big artists that they, if they don't drop, it's like their world ends. It's like, when's Kenji going to drop? When's Uzi going to drop? When's Drake? Bro, I don't... Who the fuck cares about Drake dropping an album for all the... Do- Why do you want a Drake album? They're all the same. Just go back and listen to his last fucking album, bro. It's garbage music. It's shit. There is so... And then that's this gap. Over here is where all the fucking great music is. And over here is where all the shit music is, but you're all fucking focused your face on the <laughs> shit music. What the fuck is wrong with people? So that's why um, I'm kind of excited because hip-hop is clearly stagnating in the mainstream right now. The future's going to go number one for the second week. That, uh, no, sorry, Travis Scott. That's how interchangeable this shit is. It could be future. It could be it could be fucking Playboy. It could, I don't give a fuck. But and, Drake, start- uh, and
0: Ben tolerates Drake more than I do and this oh, is how he's talking yeah, He's right. getting.
1: I'm getting into Charlie's so by, the time, the like, by the time February rolls around I'm going to be the same as you bro I can't stand Drake <laughs> I just cannot stand him but like that's why I'm interested to see what happens now that hip hop is stagnating in the mainstream because shit's going to have to change we're going to be staring at the it. same yeah we're staring at future and future's making the same album again people are going to get bored so they're going to look back and they're going to be like, okay, well, let's pick what what elements of the underground can we pull out and put in the mainstream? So I'm very fascinated to see what happens there, but I'm also fascinated to see how our legends age. You know, I'm fascinated to see how Jay-Z progresses through his fifties and his sixties. Are we even going to get music from him? You know, Nas has hit a new creative streak. That's complete opposite to Jay-Z. Jay-Z seems to have just dropped off the map. Um, and so just these artists like, I hope it's better than what's happened with artists like Slick Rick or Rakim or, you know, 80s and 90s artists. Where's DJ Quick? Where's Warren G? I'm not hearing anything from these artists. Where are they? Like, is it not? So I'm just curious. I'm just curious to see what happens. But yeah, it's been a fascinating 50 years. It really has. And I would say hip-hop is probably in the mainstream at its worst ever place right now. I don't think it's ever been in a worse place than it is right now. Um, Just devoid. Just devoid of of anything. I mean, Uzi got praised because they made a rock album, like R- Lil Wayne did that thirteen years ago. I mean, fucking Andre 3000. Ice T did that decades. Ice T did that decades ago. And it ago. was metal. <laughs> you know what I mean?
0: <laughs> and it Uzi was legit pink. metal. <laughs> yeah,
1: pink tapes, just Uzi kind of screaming over the top of shitty instrumentals. I guess. go listen to Body if, Count. Everyone was go so the excited, they're like, Oh Watch shit, this up. is something slightly different. Oh my god. Yeah. Spin like-
0: yeah. Spin OG American uh, uh, original gangster and then a body count album back yeah. to back. There you go, That's different for your ass. Yeah. Um a couple of points I wanted to add on to yours, uh the point you made. Uh one is that I think in terms of age and, you know, fifty being a very you know interesting number uh very symbolic in a lot of cultures right just 50 you just think just half of 100 and most of the things we think about is within 100 uh the lifespan is for some people now you know um pe- people think 50 and they're like that's middle age it's like well, yeah well, my grandma's fucking 98
1: bro my grandma is 98 years old she's yeah, gonna bro. hit 100
0: it's, it's legendary yeah, it's yeah exactly um yeah, hun- ninety-eight. I can't imagine that right now. Can't I don't want I can't imagine fifty right now. You know what I mean? And so that's I'm where getting there.
1: At. I'm getting there. It's scary, bro.
0: it <laughs> yeah. on the horizon, just I like can see five. it over
1: the over the hills. There, <laughs> you see the
0: five right. going.
1: <laughs> yeah, it doesn't look good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> see the big number five just well. appearing in your face. Um, well. But yeah, it's it's crazy. That the, it's crazy to think about. And um, you know, when you link it to you know other genres of music where we could say, like, here's the approximate time this thing began. Or, or not even music. Like, shit, I can, I can do sports, right? The NBA started in, what, fucking, I think, like, 30s or some shit. Um, and it took until Magic and Birds, which was the 70s, took until the 70s for actually, for it to pop off. And, you know, every decade by decade the NBA's gotten, you know, much more, uh much more uh, skill-based. Um, and I mean that in the Literal sense, like skill based. Everybody has skills now. Um, the 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 drop off between an NBA player and the average Joe is so fucking cavernous. It's absurd. It does uh, even if like you're the worst NBA player, you're still gonna clap ninety percent of people <laughs> who give you a challenge. Um And you know that that's that's where basketball's at in America. But like hip hop. Like I like you said, and I agree with you, is in a very homogenized spot. And I think that's just a symptom of you know the outside powers of you know labels and just how the music machine in America is happening. I think you know, they're just running out of ideas. Um, and hip hop needs to have a have a cultural reset, I believe, um, where they just where we just need to actually focus on what we enjoy. And not just whatever, you know, the shit is happening label-wise. Um, and that's kind of asking the likes of Doja Cat to go independent, right? So that's, that shit's not going to happen in my mind, right? Um, same with Drake, same with Future. I'm not expecting these people to, to actually make that sacrifice um, for, for their bread. Not gonna, They're not going to do it. Um, and, and it has to happen. They have to do it. Grime came back because Skepta and Jamie did it. Like they were like, we're bringing this back right now. We're, we're, it's 2015. We are getting a camera out. You're gonna, we're gonna, I'm, we're gonna, we're gonna plant it on the street. We're gonna sit on this wall and spit bars. Right, that's what they did. They brought the fucking thing back. They literally did a cultural reset in the UK in 2014, 15. Look it up. <laughs> they literally did that. Before that, it was becoming a bit homogenized. We didn't know what tiny temple was. We didn't know what end dubs was. We didn't know what these artists were actually doing. You know what I mean? They were creating something different, yes, but it didn't it didn't have that. It didn't have the grime. It didn't have the uh it didn't have the jungle, it didn't have any uh you know, any inspiration. It was kinda manufactured, um, for better or worse. Um and Skept and JME did a cultural reset with one song. And I believe somebody can do that. Um, but just they choose not to. Um, instead, they just post fits and and uh, chat shit. Um, another thing I wanted to kind of um, uh, just mention as um, a general critique of obviously hip hop itself. And again, this is a symptom of outside powers, i.e., you know, society in America. But you know, it happens everywhere. And uh, you know, hip hop is a very as it is the most, you know, one of the most popular genres of music, in, excuse me, in the world and um, the most popular in South Africa, um, the, you know, and uh, other places and obviously in America, it's still pretty popular. Um, Misogyny is still a thing. And, you know, we talked about it briefly with Meg and. Um, and I, I was reading uh, via Dream Hampton, who I think EP'd the recent, uh, La- I think it's called Ladies First documentary. I forget Shout what it's, I forget, the, I forget the name. Um, uh, yeah, Ladies First, there you go. Um, but yeah, she, there was a question there in a piece you did with the Washington Post. And the question was, do you still believe hip hop is revolutionary? Was it ever? And I know I'll take what you said, Ben, by also taking this, and I'm kind of conflicted. So I wanted your just opinion on it. Um, you can't be. This is what said. Probably uh, quote, "Uh, "You can't be a revolutionary with broken gender politics. You can't be revolutionary and be homophobic." And this is before we even get to capitalism. To be homophobic, transphobic, and misogynist, no, you're not a revolutionary. You're not even a radical. You're actually quite status quo. What it was was a radical sound, and that's not even true anymore. And now that I said that out loud, I'm completely convinced by (laughs) because. Yeah, it was a revolutionary sound. Um, Every decade from the 70s onwards, up till probably this decade, because I feel like, like we've said, this decade so far has been quite homogenous and not much evolution has happened. Um, But 70s to the 80s, big jump. 80s to 90s, big jump. Uh, 90s to 2000s, a a jump. So it was a good jump, but it's a jump, and uh, noughties to 10s, definite jump. Um, now 10s to 20s, don't know yet. In in limbo right now. It's only been three years, right? Um, it's been has it has had the radical sound, and it doesn't have that anymore. So then you go backwards to what she was saying to be homophobic, transphobic, and misogynist. We have gleaned this from Tory Lane's all just overall, <laughs> the misogynoir especially, homophobia, tons of that, transphobia, tons of that, moral panic, tons of that, and again, before we don't even get to capitalism, we've talked about that many a time, and ad nauseum, um, our whole kind of ethos <laughs> to this podcast is very anti-capitalist, Um, but you can't, this hip-hop can't be revolutionary. You know, if it if it doesn't get rid of these very easy things to get rid of, um, by you know just acknowledging people for who they are, and your music, bro. We've listened to music in the past, you know, however many years now, where is the album wasn't built for us. None of Megan's music is built for me, (laughs) but I enjoy it. (laughs) You know, um. There's some artists where their music isn't built for me, and guess what? I don't like it or listen to it. I just I, I, I just don't even bother because I'm like, yeah, not for me. It is what it is, and I keep it moving. I don't have to tweet about how they look or what they you know what they're about. I just don't rate their music, so I don't listen to them. That's it, job done. No 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 harm done there. That's artistry, but then people just take it to these places. And it's very confusing how, uh, you know, you just constantly go through these cycles. Um, and without getting too deep again, because I feel like I probably should have finished here, but everything happens in cycles, I believe now. Honestly, I'm getting there. Because it's just uh, every time I think about something, there's just an endless loop like ease connected, right? Where like you have, we're going forward, we're going forward. Oh, let's Goop. loop back around Loopy just to loop. do this thing, just to do this thing again, and then and then let's finally get over that hump, right? But hip hop just doesn't really, for some for some of those circles, it doesn't actually go forward yet, and it's getting a bit tiresome to be honest. That um, these things have to, we're we're still going round that circle, we're still going round the bend. We'll ultimately get there, and that's kind of just where I sit. I'm hopeful. I try and be hopeful at this point for what hip-hop is. I try not to think that there's going to be just multiple academics-like babies um, doing just the most nasty shit and a nasty commentary and just bringing everything down to the gutter. I really hope not. Um, And I hope people, you know, take this shit back, to be fair. I'm gonna leave that open, open ended. <laughs> take take some of this shit back, um, because the sound is getting homogenized, and we both agree there needs to be a reset there. There needs to be a reset in a lot of places, and uh, it doesn't happen unless we actually take that step towards it. Um, and that's obviously uh, you know can be said about a lot of things in in the world right now, but for hip hop specifically, yeah, it could be a, it could be a beaming example. It could be a shining example that we can teach to others and through not just music, but, you know, through the talks that we have and talks that a lot of people have through academia, through radio, through podcasts, not through social media. (laughs) Um, Podcast at minimum. (laughs) But, yeah, uh, I left a lot of thoughts there, so um, feel free to pick out what you want.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, firstly, I think in terms of revolutionary i obviously can't speak on it because i wasn't you know i wasn't in america when it was you know i wasn't born but to me hip-hop was always revolutionary in the sense that it gave a voice to the voiceless and they were voiceless because that's the way the system wanted them to be it didn't want them to have a voice it's the same in australia we're doing this right now we're 50 fucking years behind america in that we are trying to give a voice to our indigenous population. It is a very simple, simple thing. Do we want our indigenous population to have some sort of connection to our parliament? And the vast majority of Australia is saying, no, why should they? There's only, they're only 3% of the population. They don't deserve a voice. That to me is fucking straight up madness. And, you know, when you talk to... There needs
0: to be a one-to-one, but you just can't get to all of them. Like, you know what I mean? You're only one person.
1: And that's the problem. And so, you know, in the, the late 70s, early 70s, of course, hip hop was revolutionary because it was telling stories that people were trying not to. People didn't want those stories told. You know, American people in power, they did not want those stories told. But I feel personally, it's almost impossible to be revolutionary nowadays because social media exists. Everyone exists Every idea already exists. There's a fucking Reddit thread for all of them. You know, like, holy shit. So it's impossibly revolutionary because everything exists already. Everyone knows about everything already. All you have to do is Google something and the the world is the way it is and that's the way it's going to be for the foreseeable future. And so I think what's happened, especially in terms of capitalism, you know, I'm rewatching Peaky Blinders right now, for example, and people know that. Tommy Shelby is a member of the Labor Party, he's a socialist, walking around in $10,000 suits. He's a socialist, but he proclaims, I'm an example of what you can become if you work hard. That's capitalism. That's literally what capitalism is. And unfortunately, that's what mainstream hip-hop is. And you know, Jay-Z said it many times in interviews and other artists have said it before. They're like, I'm an example of what you can achieve. I'm an example of what you can achieve if you work hard and, you know, etc., etc., et, cetera, et, cetera, et cetera. But they have become so disconnected now from the people. Again, it's the exact same as what I said before. Mainstream artists are up here and then the underground's down here. The rich are up here and the underground are down here. The rich don't want to fuck with the underground. Why would they? They don't want to go back there. It's exactly as you said. Why would Doja Cat?
0: Really? Yeah, it's a very big microcosm of just world economics right
1: now <laughs> and that's the problem like, trying trying to be revolutionary know? within the system of capitalism is going to be very fucking difficult because what you're going to need to do is ask a lot of people to forgo a lot of the luxuries that they feel they deserve and you know i again Economy I, exist comes first. Social, yeah. I exist on social media so i know what it's like to be controversial but not controversial for the sake of being controversial, not saying something to piss people off to get to the top of the algorithm. I mean, saying something that is true, but people don't agree with because it's not part of the mainstream conversation now. Your tweets will go nowhere. Your Instagram posts will go nowhere. People will start to unfollow you. Asking those artists to do anything other than appease the status quo is asking them to forego all the things that they like, all the pretty things they like. It's the same as with Twitter now paying you to tweet. What are you gonna tweet? Are you gonna tweet something revolutionary? No, you're gonna tweet what everyone thinks wants you to tweet so that you get fucking five million impressions, you get paid. So I think it's a bit disingenuous to say that hip hop is no longer revolutionary. I think that's, I'm not trying to say Dream Hampton is wrong. This is just from my perspective. Dream Hampton knows, you know, (laughs) if we're talking about these again, Dream Hampton's up there somewhere and I'm fucking down there, so I'm a long, long, long way away (laughs) from Dream Hampton. But just from my perspective, I think it's very difficult to be revolutionary right now. I just think it's very difficult. There are, you know, yeah, there are so many different ideas. There are political parties for literally every fucking person right now. It's just madness. So I just, I, you know, I, I, I don't see much evolution in other genres anyway. I don't see much. Look at, look at films, for example. Bro, I just went and saw the fucking Barbie movie. And yeah, Slaps! One of the best movies I've ever seen. But it's a movie about a goddamn doll. There's a Gran Turismo movie, for fuck's sake. It's a fucking game. Why is there a Gran Turismo movie? doesn't need to be... you know. And and all we're doing is looking back in time. I said to my dad on the way home, I'm like, it's like people are walking down the street and just seeing shit on the side of the road. Like, we'll make the Mars bar movie because I saw a fucking Mars bar rapper. (laughs) We'll we'll make the Fiat 500 movie because I just saw a Fiat 500. You know what I mean? It's just... There is yeah. no individuality or originality anymore. And, you know, the Barbie movie was great. And I thought Oppenheimer was great, too. Because for the first time, I thought, holy shit, America's acknowledging what the fuck they did in Japan. Like, that's incredible. And the Barbie movie, that obviously, my, the response I've gotten when I've tweeted about it, people are like, oh, fuck the Barbie movie because they're all these triggered men. So that's, that's a risk. That's a challenge. That's a risk. People have taken a risk there. But, yeah, I just don't I don't see anywhere in life being revolutionary right now. We're not revolutionary. We, you know, we say wild shit on this podcast. We're anti-capitalism a lot of the time. We anti-mainstream. We shit on Drake. We shit on Future. We shit on mainstream artists. We uplift No Name. We uplift, you know, we shit on J. Cole when we get an opportunity. But, like... We're not revolutionary because there's a trillion other people doing the same thing, you know. So I think it's hard to be revolutionary these days. And that I don't think that means hip-hop's lost its way um, because I, I think, you know, it's always going to be relevant while systemic oppression and racism exists. And I think that it's always going to exist, sadly, which means that hip-hop is always going to be a fucking essential voice because it's going to be telling stories again. That the establishment don't want to be told, you know, the the power structures don't want you to know these stories. And that's why in Australia, for example, indigenous hip-hop is so fucking essential. It's so important. Artists like Briggs, you know, that he opened up, AB Original opened up for uh, Hilltop Hoods. I saw them. And Hilltop Hoods, we we did a whole pod on Hilltop Hoods. We know exactly what kind of artists Hilltop Hoods were. So what do you think the crowd was? They were all redneck Australians, I feel like fucking RM Williams should have had a fucking pop up shop at the the Hilltop Hoods show because it was just a Coobras and fucking belts and it was just nasty, nasty energy in there. But AB Original got up in front of probably 15,000 people who probably haven't listened to them before and did their January 26th song about Australia Day and about change of date and about invasion day. And that was fucking essential. So, in that sense, that is still essential, even though all of Australia. Knows the story of our indigenous people because we were fucking taught it in school, all of them turn their back on it and be like, well, I don't give a fuck about that. I don't care about that. It's got nothing to do with me. They don't look like me. So why should I care about them? That's why, you know, that's why you need legends like AB Original to get up there and people like, I fucking love this. Oh, now I care about this story. Now I care about this. So that, to me, is always going to be essential. But I just think it's difficult to be revolutionary these days. You know, I, I just think that
0: fair enough fair enough um yeah it's a, it's a to broaden it it's the case for pretty much everything um it's not just hip hop it's not hip-hop's is not not the only one right but that's why we're talking about it because we're talking about it through hip hop we also talk about it through prisms of uh, of what hip hop is um it's 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 actually kind of just an easy um vessel to actually understand the world right uh where you can you know, listen to a certain track by a certain artist and, you know, you'll be a bit grossed out by it, right? And then you realise, oh, wait, that's like, (laughs) that's an opinion held by a lot of people and you just have to reckon with that and then, you know, uh, you have to act accordingly on that front. You have to, you know, gain some form of, I don't know, just um, wondering when to stop, I guess, uh, you know, fucking with science. And, you know, uh, uh, people, people get to, the thing is, is that not many people get to the place as fast as, uh, as fast as we want them to. And that's kind of the case here where, you know, there's so many, um, there's so many people that grow up in, uh, in, in, with ideals that just, you know, shouldn't be, shouldn't be, uh, tolerated. Um, but it is what it is, and they live in that. And it takes that takes a lot of shit to unlearn, right? I've, I I can attest to that. There's so much shit I've had to act like unlearn. <laughs> you know, what I mean, you, you gain shit, but you're also pumped full of shit um, in your early years, and you you know, so, sometimes it is a very uh, you know, it comes a very personal cost. Um, luckily, me just getting taught garbage at school. Um, it's kind of minimal, but it's something I had to unlearn because there's a lot of shit where they just don't tell you stuff straight up, or exactly uh, whitewash. Yeah, it's just you know, yeah, you have to unlearn that shit, and you know, we're all here to we get try and get better every day. I, just, I hope that everyone tries to do that, and um, yeah, you know, I I, I like to believe that hip hop, at least in some in some spaces, not all spaces, try and try and be better each day and you know as long as there's them uh them spaces them specific individuals communities uh yeah (laughs) entities maybe that's why streaming
1: (laughs) services are actually kind of valuable because you can go back in time as much as we hate them you can go back in time you don't have to go and buy the cd like that's yeah
0: exactly so um but yeah man I don't know how that... That's probably, like, the least positive hip-hop chat anybody's ever had <laughs> in the past week. Um, but <laughs> it's conversations that need to be had, you know? It's because we love you know, hip-hop.
1: We, it's not because exactly. we, we hate it. We adore like if we didn't it, and
0: ca- it, it, it. It's in the same way I don't listen to ice so I don't care about. If I didn't care about hip-hop, I wouldn't be talking about it.
1: It's not a rock podcast. Get it?
0: Right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So... I don't care about other other stuff I don't talk about it talk about the stuff you care about talk about the stuff I care about That's what I do here it's what I do on WGs it's what I do on everything I do (laughs) for me personally everything I do is just because I uh, it's it's my it's how I want to go about it Uh, but anyway we do it we we criticise because we love it it's not we don't hate nothing (laughs) apart from people that Willingly exploit this shit, and it is exploitation in a lot of ways. But anyway, we'll leave it there. Um, happy 50th, of course, and uh for the 50 beyond, and uh, we'll leave it there, ladies and gentlemen. From the Five VPN this has been Digging Digits. Hope you've enjoyed this episode. I've been chatting to I have been
1: Ben bang- Carter. If you pop Number Oh, update on the on the. Uh, I fucked it. I fucked the zipper. So I I was I like Icarus, bro. I flew f- too close to the sun. I got. I didn't ask you a light note but <laughs> I got the teeth apart, right, and and the zipper went back down, oh, but it wasn't sake, staying right. in its position when I pulled it back up. So I'm like, all I have I to do take like
0: two seconds to gauge what you're talking
1: about. is push the zippers back together. So I use this Tottenham Hotspur coffee mug that I have here for the Tottenham Hotspur, and I fucking broke the goddamn zipper. So then I went and got a pair of jeans that I never wear to take the zipper off them. But then I realized that the teeth are different sizes, so I'm fucked. I like this jacket, and now I'm fucked. So it's disappointing morning in that sense. But yeah, anyway, that's the zipper update. I've been Ben Carter of uh, <laughs> Hip Hop Numbers.
0: Well, not to say, look, who who you know, at least we reward you at the end, you know what I mean? Uh, that's what we do. Stay, no, we stay until the end. We you couldn't leave people valuable. hanging. It was... That would be valuable.
1: would be so unfair. You couldn't like leave that people shit. hanging.
0: I've just circled back. <laughs> Tied this episode up with a fucking bow. 10 <laughs> out of 10 performance by you this episode, Ben. 10 I'm out of proud 10. I'm proud myself. Hope uh, <laughs> you all have a good week. We shall always try and do the same. But until next time, take it easy. ladies and John. All right, Peace. Digging in Digits is produced by me and Ben Carter. The show is edited by me, music for the show, is of video games by bonus points. Thanks to your music, for the ability to you. Social, to and hit hip hop by numbers, bonus points, and chill music will be in the book show notes, as well as names of projects reviewed wherever you're listening. There's a bit of 5 EP in production. Thanks for spending time with us. We to see you next time on Digging in the Digits.